Hi there, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Today we're following on from yesterday. Uh, we started talking about a reading which was all about how they built the pyramids. And um, I'm going to go through that reading today, starting with true, false, not given questions. Just as a reminder, um, the text is about a theory. So remember, there are two types of texts. Um, generally two types. One is kind of factual, historical, what happened, usually part one. And then part two and part three usually have some kind of research basis or theory basis. So like this one, for example, where somebody has uh, a theory that they're trying to prove. So there is some evidence about the theory and maybe testing the theory in some way. And then the conclusion is what will the impact or the implications of this theory be? And there's usually somebody disagreeing with it as well in there. So because this is a nice, neat structure, try to notice this as you're reading this type of essay, because the way they break up the questions often depends on the structure of the text. So in this one, for example, We've got all the background information about um, what is the theory and how they tested it. And that relates to just one set of questions, which is the true, false, not given. The other thing about today's listening is um, the, the use of the um, subtitle. So the title is Pulling Strings to Build Pyramids. Um, it's quite idiomatic because of that idea is pulling strings. It's got two meanings. So don't worry about it. Just focus on what it's telling you, which is it's to build pyramids. But there is a subtitle which says no one knows exactly how the pyramids were built. Um, Marcus Chown reckons the answer could be hanging in the air. And that's in inverted commas, hanging in the air. So the inverted commas there tells you it's again, it's a kind of pun on words. So hanging in the air has two meanings. One is that it's, you know, we don't know. It's still hanging. It's, loo we, there's, it's looming over us. We're not exactly sure about it. But the other meaning is that it literally means it's hanging in the air. So this gives us a clue that the, the research paper is going to tell us why they think that building the pyramids had something to do with, well, the air, basically, and strings and, you know, think about kites and how th kites can go up in the air and pull things up. That's what this text is going to be all about. So it's quite unusual, I think, this title and subtitle to have two idioms pulling strings, first of all, meaning to get things done, but literally pulling strings, meaning to pull the pyramids up. Um, and then the subtitle kind of explains it to us. Um, and even if we don't get the pun, which is the two meanings of an expression, we still get help from the subtitle, which is no one knows exactly how the pyramids were built. So this tells us it sets out a problem for us to solve. 
And it introduces Marcus Chown reckons the answer could be hanging in the air. So this Marcus Chown is going to suggest what the answer could be. An interesting use of language here because it says Marcus Chown reckons. Reckons means guesses or thinks and it's usually quite informal. So informal in speaking, you'd say what do you reckon, meaning what do you think? Oh, I reckon it's going to rain tomorrow. I reckon meaning, I guess, I think it's going to rain tomorrow. It's usually quite informal language, but here it's just telling us that he guesses, he's going to tell us about what he thinks the answer might be. So I'm going to focus on the true, false, not given questions, and there are seven of them. In this example, um, I don't know how many I'll get through today. Let's see. They don't seem to be particularly difficult, in my opinion. The ones that we do about the pagoda, which we'll do next, I find those ones will be much more difficult than these. So, but this is a uh, former exam. It's uh, from an exam paper book. It is a real exam. And if you got one like this, you'd be very lucky. So the first question says, it is generally believed that large numbers of people were needed to build the pyramids. So we need to find evidence that it is generally believed. Most people believe large numbers of people were needed to build the pyramids. So I'm going to read what it says and you decide if this is true, false or not given. The pyramids of Egypt were built more than 3,000 years ago, and no one knows how. The conventional picture is that tens of thousands of slaves dragged stones on sledges, but there is no evidence to back this up. So, what are we looking for? We're looking for large numbers of people. Well, we've got that. We've got tens of thousands of slaves. That's large numbers of people. Were needed to build the pyramids, dragged stones on sledges. And the sentence starts, the conventional picture. So the conventional picture is what people traditionally believe. Conventional has that idea of what is generally accepted or believed. So remember, go back to your statement. It is generally believed that large numbers of people were needed to build the pyramids. And it says the conventional picture is. So, yes, it is generally believed large numbers of people, tens of thousands of slaves. That's your answer. So the answer is true. Question number two. Oh, and just some nice vocabulary. It says there is no evidence to back this up. So back this up again, quite informal. Back something up means to support your argument. And it's what I always say about task two. Whatever point you make, always give some evidence or examples to back your argument up. Question number two. Clemens, this is the man's name. Oh, sorry, it's a lady's name. Clemens found a strange hieroglyph on the wall of an Egyptian monument. And the text says, Now a Californian software consultant called Maureen Clemens has suggested that kites might have been involved. While perusing a book 
on the monuments of Egypt, she noticed a hieroglyph that showed a row of men standing in odd postures. Okay, so you might need to know the word hieroglyph. It's on my mind map as one of these kind of ancient people's vocabulary that comes up in IELTS a lot. Hieroglyph is, you know, those pictures, those typical pictures, uh, drawings on Egyptian monuments. Um, but I think you could guess it anyway from the context. So the question says, Clemens found a strange hieroglyph on the wall of an Egyptian monument. And when we look at what she did, she said, while, or the text said, while perusing a book on the monuments of Egypt, she noticed a hieroglyph. So it's while she was perusing a book that she noticed a hieroglyph. The statement says she found a strange hieroglyph on the wall of an Egyptian monument. Did she find it on the wall? No, she found it in a book. Is the answer given? Where did she find this hieroglyph? She found it in a book. So the answer is given. Did she find it on the wall? No, she didn't. So the answer is false. Question number three. Garib, which is the man, had previously done experiments on bird flight. The text says, intrigued, Clemens contacted Morteza Garib, aeronautics professor at the California Institute of Technology. He was fascinated by the idea. Coming from Iran, I have a keen interest in Middle Eastern science, he says. He too was puzzled by the picture that had sparked Clemens's interest. So we're looking for information that he had previously done experiments. What do we know about him? We know he was an aeronautics professor, California Institute of Technology. We know he was fascinated by the idea. He came from Iran. He is interested in Middle Eastern science. But there's absolutely nothing to tell us that he had previously done experiments. We could guess, probably he had, because he was an aeronautics professor. But with true, false, not given, you cannot guess. You are always looking for answers. For evidence, sorry, as you know. Um, there is no evidence here that he had done experiments before. So the answer is not given. Question number four. Garib and Graf tested their theory before applying it. The text says, Garib and Graf set themselves the task of raising a 4.5 metre stone column from horizontal to vertical, using no source of energy except the wind. Their initial calculations and scale model wind tunnel experiments convinced them that they would not need a strong wind to lift the 33.5 tonne column. This is quite a tricky one, I think. Um, I think it does rely on vocabulary. I don't... Well, maybe. It, could you guess it? He says their initial calculations and scale model wind tunnel experiments. So they did do experiments in a wind tunnel, but they weren't full scale experiments. They were scale model wind 
tunnel experiments, but they definitely tested the theory before they actually used the 33.5 ton column. Okay, how are we doing for time? <laughs> um, just because I'm going to go to work any minute. Right, no, I have to go. 13.24, sorry. Right, um, I'm going to stop there. But yesterday we talked about participle clauses and we talked about the sentence which said... Um, Completed in September 2016, China's Ping Tang telescope is now the largest in the world. So we talked about how that sentence began with completed as a linking word. And I said that we'd do a little bit more on this today. So if we go back to sentence number three, um, it says Garib had previously done experiments on bird flight. The paragraph starts with one word and it says intrigued comma intrigued meaning interested and it just says intrigued comma Clemens contacted Morteza Garib now you could say Clemens contacted Morteza Garib because he was intrigued by the theory so because would be a simple linking word more academic and I, I wouldn't recommend trying to use this in your writing, but I think it's absolutely crucial for understanding academic reading texts. If you put the adjective or the past participle, which it is technically, at the start of the sentence, then it is an academic way of linking the two ideas. So the two ideas is Clemens was interested so he contacted Garib and they change it round and they say interested, comma, Clemens contacted Garib. And that looks odd, doesn't it? It looks like very odd word order, but it's just style. It's just to make the sentence more interesting. So um, I'm, I said interested just to help you memorize it but the word they use is intrigued which is a synonym for interested possibly stronger really intrigued means you're really interested um so one more thing um on that so i called it a past participle as you know the past participle is the third form like for example take took taken is the third form of course it can be regular it can just be ed um, so or when you say I am interested or I am bored or I am surprised, all of those adjectives ending in D are in fact past participles because when you say I am interested, it's a passive form. I am interested by something or I am bored by the teacher or I am tired by IELTS. Um, so remember past participle form, you know it as the third form, but the ED form is also used as an adjective, like when you say I'm tired, I'm bored, I'm interested, I'm intrigued. So um, that kind of language 
can be the focus of a question in IELTS. And actually, this is why I chose this text, because um, it shows an example of how it's used and how the question might relate to that. So it is just good to know that this exists. As I said before, you don't need to use it in your own writing. It's very stylistic but you do need to be aware of it to help you understand difficult and academic texts. Okay, so I'm going to carry on with four, five, six and seven tomorrow, if that's okay. And then just before I go, I'd like to say hello and a very warm thank you very much to Angel, who sent me the most lovely email today. Really supportive email about saying how useful <laughs> she finds these crazy podcasts. Um, so I'm really glad that it's useful. And Angel has asked for more general training and I promise Angel I must not forget all of you doing general training and please do ask me if there's anything you'd like me to cover. Thank you for listening, sorry for the interruption when I was looking at the time but I'm going to go to work now so I will see you tomorrow, all the best, bye!